You ever seen a ghost? Been abducted? Heard your name whispered from the other room when you're all alone? No, you say? Me either. But if you're like me, you're still fascinated by the paranormal. It seems everyone else has had an experience, and you want to believe it all. So why doesn't it happen to us? What does it all mean? How does it work? Is any of it real? Welcome to Paranorm Girl, a show that will attempt to answer these questions by taking the paranormal completely apart in search of proof. I'm not a blind believer, nor a hardened skeptic. I'm just looking for answers and willing to accept what I find. What's spooky with you? The man on the stairs. So the first experience of shadow people I've had was also my most vivid one, and I need to set the scene, so bear with me. Me and my family had recently moved from RAF accommodation to a house we didn't have to leave every six months and ended up having a couple of viewings before committing to it. Because of this, we ended up getting to know the seller quite well. She was very old and had a sick husband who, when we came for viewings, understandably, went into someone else's care for a while as he was confined to a bedroom most of the time. That bedroom ended up becoming mine when we moved in as I liked the funky shape it had, kind of an L shape. Sadly, the husband died shortly after we moved in from his illness and the seller let us know. I can't remember how long exactly as it was a while ago, but not too long after this, me and my sister began to have the constant feeling that something was not quite right when we were upstairs, but just on the landing. You'd come up the stairs, directly in front of you would be the bathroom, You'd turn left and there was a stretch of hallway, then my door, then some more hallway, and right down at the end were my sister's and parents' doors. Any other part of the house was normal, but as soon as either of us went onto the landing, the hairs on the backs of our necks would stand up and our minds would get ready to fight or flight. One day out of the blue was when I actually saw something. I was running up the stairs on all fours. You know, that thing we all do to go upstairs fast as a kid. And when I got to the top and looked up, I saw a full-bodied shadow figure of a man just standing in the doorway to the bathroom. It was absolutely black, genuinely darker than any shade or shadow I've experienced, and blocked the light coming through the window behind it. It didn't do anything. It just stood there watching me. I looked back down the stairs to see if anyone else was there seeing what I was seeing. There wasn't. And when I turned back, it was just gone. What was weird was it didn't feel sinister or malicious. It gave off a very calm, relaxed, even kind atmosphere. And other than being surprised to see it, I wasn't scared. I never saw it again, and after that horrible off feeling me and my sister had been experiencing, just went away. I like to think it was the elderly man who died coming to see who was living in his old room. But whatever it was, I'll remember forever. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me on another edition of Paranorm Girl. I am your host, Kristen. God, it feels good to say that. I cannot express quite enough how excited I am to be doing another episode on this topic. It's been wild, peeps, digging into the history and lore of shadow people, which is probably not something I would have ever looked into if it were not the very purpose of this podcast. 
So recently, I posted on Reddit and the Facebook and Twitter, just asking for some stories I can open each episode with. Didn't really think I was going to get much, at least at first, but my fellow para fans, you do not disappoint. I think when I received the first response, I squealed a little bit, much like a guinea pig, maybe hopped up and down. I don't know. You had to have been there. Fun was had. I received some really incredible stories, so thank you to those who submitted. And interestingly enough, I met a few shadow person experts, people who have literally dedicated parts of their lives to the pursuit of answers to the paranormal. I couldn't be more honored, really, anyone who's reached out, I'm, I'm honored. Speaking of being honored, speaking of reaching out, Guess who decided to make a little stop in to see me? The hat man. No biggie. Moving on. Just joking. I would never leave y'all hanging like that. The hat man did come to see me. Well, I think. Let me explain. So by now, I hope everyone knows what TikTok is. If you don't, please go set up an account right now and then start watching. You will either be laughing your ass off or drowning in your own tears within the first five minutes. It's, it's incredibly cathartic and kind of unnerving to see just how talented people out there are. Anyway, on TikTok, there are different filters you can use when you are recording your own videos. One is called the ripple effect, which from the looks of it, picks up on different heat signatures and shapes. But the idea is that it also picks up on paranormal energy. Um, I've seen videos people have posted and they are picking up these weird rainbow shapes throughout their houses and sometimes in the shape of people or past pets, stuff like that. It's a little eerie. Okay, so um, another filter uh, called angel wings, I think. So this one is supposed to put angel wings on like people and pets that you are filming. And a feature of it is if the person you're filming raises their arms, the whole room around them bursts into flames and they suddenly have dark wings and like devil horns, you know, just fun stuff, all in good fun. Okay. So I was messing around the other day, walking around my house, using the filters. I have yet to post an actual video to my TikTok, maybe someday, but as of right now, I've just got a folder of a bunch of saved videos just because I want to use the filters and see for myself. So anyway, I do most of my podcast recording in my office. I, uh, I renovated a walk-in closet just off to the side into my recording booth, but the office itself, I still use quite a bit to record, you know, this and that, do my research on shadow people, and will quite often find myself reading passages out loud, yada, yada, yada. I'm trying to set the scene here that sometimes my days involve a severe amount of thinking and talking about paranormal stuff. Like, there's an energy in this space now. Okay, back to the filter. So I was messing around, walking around, had the reality ripple turned on. I wasn't really getting anything in the rest of the house. So I walked back into the office and with the camera, I swooped past the rolling chair I usually use when I'm sitting at my desk. And... You guys, I see the rainbow ripple of what looks like a shape filling the chair. Keep in mind that no one has been sitting in this chair for at least an hour by this point. So it's not like a leftover heat signature or anything. So I focus on the chair and push record. The ripple is flickering in and out, filling the chair, 
disappearing and doing it all over again. Suddenly, it grows even bigger and forms a head. And you guys, when I tell you this thing looked like it was wearing a fedora. Okay, so logical me thinking, okay, so it may be something, probably not. Let's try the angel wings filter and see if it picks up anything. Turn on the angel wings, boom. The room is immediately shrouded in fire. And what do I see in the spot where the chair is sitting in the frame? Wings. But the creepiest part, which is something I haven't seen the filter do any other time I've used it, it actually cleared out the space of the chair. Like you can see it in the frame, surrounded by the fire. And the space it's cleared out is in the same shape that the reality ripple had been making. And in a couple of frames, you can see the exact same shape of a head with a damn fedora on it. So I have these videos saved figured out how to screen record them. So I just have them chilling on my phone right now. Um, I've shown them to a couple of friends, all of which have been like, yeah, get that ish away from me. So it's not just me seeing things in this video, but you know what? Maybe it's just a coincidence. I'll admit that sometimes these filters will pick up a, a human shape when you pan over things like hanging coats or your own reflection, stuff like that. So I don't know, gonna let you guys decide. Um, I'm going to post both of these videos over on the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, all of which you can find at, at ParanormGirlPod. You guys jump on and tell me what you think. Deal? All right, enough about me and my suddenly supernatural life. Let's get into today's lesson. Today, we are talking about the shadow people and their place throughout history. I'm going to discuss some of the lore, both old and newer, surrounding them. There's a lot to digest in this one, so kick back, relax, let me do the talking. The legends of shadow people have been around for a very long time. Author Heidi Hollis stated on a podcast back in 2017 that some of the earliest accounts date back to the 16 and 1700s. But if we look at ancient Rome and Greek beliefs surrounding their ideas of death and ghosts and evil spirits, take into account the jinn from the Quran or the Ravenmocker from Cherokee lore, we've got shadow people going back more than 2,000 years. Upon further research, though... I have found stories and legends setting a precedent for shadow people going back even further, like we talking 5,000 years ago further. So we'll examine some of those stories a little later in this episode, and you guys tell me what you think. Shadow people as a modern-day concept didn't really come screaming into the mainstream until 2001 when it was talked about at length on an episode of Coast to Coast when Art Bell interviewed a Native American elder named Thunder Strikes. Now, I had said in the last episode that the first time I'd been introduced to the concept of shadow people was with the show Taps. Two things. Yes, someone has already corrected me in that show name. Think I must have Mandela'd myself because I would have sworn to you that show was called Taps, but it was simply called Ghost Hunters. Their group was called Taps. And second, in researching this episode and talking about the Shadow Person show on Coast to Coast, I realized that 
was the first time I was introduced to the concept because I remember listening to this episode back when it aired. My mom would turn coast to coast on late at night and we'd chill together on our bed trying not to fall asleep. But Art's damn voice, I tell you what, so soothing. Ah, R.I.P., man. So it's important to know this was not the first time that shadow people had ever been talked about publicly, but it's definitely a landmark in the modern day concept and, and the whole, you know, shadow person evolution. On this particular show, Thunderstrike says that in order to talk publicly about the shadow people, he'd had to get permission from this panel of Twisted Hairs tribal elders who claim that uh, their first recorded shadow figure incidents dated back to 1153 BC. So Thunderstrikes tries to explain why in the present more and more people seem to be seeing shadow people, why there seems to be a large fluctuation in sightings. He goes into extreme depth about this Twisted Hairs prophecy having to do with the quickening, the awakening, and the end of the Mayan calendar, which was in 2012. And I'm going to do my best to relay this information, but there's a lot to it. How I'm understanding it is because of the awakening followed by the quickening and that time frame spanned from like the 80s to the early 2000s. It was a major spiritual shift for humanity and also the speeding up of time itself. He says that before, people would go through these cycles or circles of life during the awakening just a few times every three years. However, when we switched over into the quickening, those life cycles shot up to 13 times every three years. I'm going to have to guess a little bit that um, by cycles or circles of life, he's talking about moments that we learn or grow or change, you know, like important moments that happen and are necessary for us to go through. So along with time actually speeding up, our spirituality actually kicked up, which is why part of the reason, according to him, that more people can now see shadow figures he also makes the note, too, that it is our own negative emotions and feelings that we were projecting at this spiritually awakening time that are a big part of the completion of these beings. Keep in mind, at the time of the recording of this show in 2001, the end of the Mayan calendar and end of the quickening awakening prophecy was still 11 years away. Now, sitting here in 2021, obviously we know the world didn't end. It's still business as usual. And uh, it can be argued that the shadow people phenomenon experiences have continued, if not increased, in number of incidents. I'm just so uh, curious what Mr. Thunder would have to say about that today. You know, like if there's a way to explain around that specific prophecy as to why the phenomenon is still happening and at an increased rate. Many experts on the subject today would say that it's not necessarily increasing in frequency, that it's always been happening this much. Mike Ricksecker says in his book, A Walk in the Shadows, that thanks to the birth of the internet and its growth and usage inside the personal home starting in the mid-90s, that people were now able to share these experiences and find other like-minded experiencers in chat rooms and online boards. That before this internet age, people still had to worry about being seen as crazy or dramatic or whatever. But now that people who had had this experience could see for themselves that they weren't alone, 
it was easier than ever for them all to start coming forward, comparing notes and discussing the phenomena right out in the open. Though this was not always the case, throughout history and across many different cultures, we find folklore that can lend itself to the description of shadow people. So, let's just start at the beginning. And for our purposes today, I am going to go ahead and include certain folklores that could very well be something other than shadow figure entities. But I think it's important to take them under consideration due to their similarities and to really drive home the idea that whether or not they were shadow people, it's pretty incredible to realize how long people all over the world from different time periods, cultures, and regions have described seeing or believing in such similar entities and experiences. It begs the questions, why and how? Which I'm not sure anyone will be able to answer until we know for certain what these things are. For the time being though, we study, we listen, we put two and two together and form our own postulations. So to start, we go back to ancient times. Mesopotamia, between 3500 BC and 400 AD. In Akkadian and Sumerian mythology, there is a being named Alu. While he is referred to as a demon, his features and his operatives sound eerily similar to certain entities we've come to know and love today. He is described as androgynous and having no mouth, lips, or ears, and is said to roam the night, terrifying people while they sleep, possessing them to the point of unconsciousness. From a cuneiform script translated by Major General Sir H. C. Rawlinson, otherwise known as the father of Assyriology, whom in his bed the wicked Alu covered, whom the wicked ghost by night overwhelmed. So, while it can be argued Alu was a demon, the similarities stand. And who are we yet to say that shadow people aren't demons? Both old and modern-day Christians certainly believe so. During this time frame, but also in the Cradle of Civilization in Egypt, beginning somewhere around 3100 BC, ancient Egyptians believed that a person's soul was made up of many parts, one of which is called the Shut or the kybit, or what we would call the shadow. The shadow could partake of funerary offerings and was able to detach itself from the body and travel at will. According to the Wikipedia page on Egyptian concept of souls, the shadow was also representative to Egyptians of a figure of death or servant of Anubis and was depicted graphically as a small human figure painted completely black. The page goes on to quote Egyptologist Ogden Golay Jr. He says, In many Book of the Dead papyri and tombs, the deceased is depicted emerging from the tomb by day in shadow form, a thin, black, featureless silhouette of a person. The person in this form is, as we would put it, a mere shadow of his former existence, yet nonetheless still existing. I'm not sure why, when I read this, it creeps me out so much. Maybe because of its extreme similarity and physical description of shadow figures, it really shouldn't be that creepy as basically all this says, if we wanted to make the connection, is that shadow people are People, people, just shades of the deceased, ghosts, 
so to speak. Okay, moving forward through time, we land somewhere between the years of 610 and 632. Though the folklore surrounding the jinn predate Islam, because their origin stories are unclear, we shall center on their references in the Quran written in this time frame. The term jinn is Arabic, and its primary meaning is to hide or to adapt. The word itself has been interpreted to mean beings that are concealed from the senses or the hidden ones. It was thought that jinn could shift their form into different shapes, but were especially feared because of their ability to become invisible and therefore could attack, kill, or kidnap a person without being seen. While that was one belief, some Arabs believed that jinn could also be more benevolent in nature and could protect or even marry and have children with humans. Jinn are mentioned approximately 29 times in the Quran and are said to have been created by God from smokeless fire. I have read that description so many times already, and I gotta be honest, I'm really not sure what the hell that means, but it paints a visual picture, right? Uh, they were created before humans and, though not immortal, were gifted with very long lives and special powers. You know, like invisibility and super strength and super speed and stuff. Um, in parallel with humans, though, they were bestowed free will, had the ability to eat, drink, and die, and also were subject to judgment in accordance with their deeds during their lives. Now, the well-known and respected paranormal expert Rosemary Ellen Guiley believed shadow figures to be jinn. In an online interview for Psychology Today with Dr. Catherine Ramsland, she said she had been studying shadow people since 2004, and in her study started to see this connection between the two. Having already had knowledge of the jinn due to her previous research into demonology and realizing during her search of shadow people's true identities, that there was a major correlation between encounters with shadow people by those who also had encounters with extraterrestrials. She concluded that shadow people were simply a shape-shifted form taken on by the jinn. In the article, she says that the footprints of the jinn are evident throughout our mythologies about ancient aliens and gods. And because of the more than frequent occurrence of people who encounter both ETs and shadow people together, she was able to make this massive connection. She even goes further, stating major jinn involvement is in all of our entity contact experiences throughout history. I don't know. What do y'all think? Are they jinn? Ghosts? Demons? Not that any of the thus far described were believed at their respective time to be shadow people. These were just the entities of the day. It wouldn't be until much later that people started to try and make that connection. So, let's come even closer to present day. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, Ms. Hollis stated in 2017 the earliest shadow person accounts date back to the 16 and 1700s. Though I couldn't find these specific accounts she referred to, in 1782, Henry Fuseli revealed his famous painting of a sleeping woman with a ghoulish incubus sitting on her chest, called The Nightmare. And if you are not already familiar with the connection, the incubus, succubus, or the old hag is often lumped in with the shadow figure crowd. So, 
Obviously, the visuals on the painting must have been a known concept or idea at the time, as the painting became wildly popular after its first exhibition. Reportedly, Fuseli suffered from sleep paralysis, and the painting was likely inspired by the waking dreams he experienced. The word nightmare itself, incidentally, is derived from Mara, a Scandinavian mythological term referring to a spirit sent to torment or suffocate sleepers. But the actual term shadow people popped into the mainstream during the spiritualism movement of the 1800s. While it may not have been a commonly used term or idea yet, specifically one Madame de Esperance wrote about experiences she had personally had with them over the course of her life. Now, Ms. de Esperance was later found to be a fraud as far as some of her physical mediumistic abilities were concerned. But we are simply following a timeline here in order to show the continuation of this shadow person history right up to the present day. Whether she saw them or made it all up doesn't matter to me on this. I think it's important enough to note that there was a belief in them at that time. There were reported sightings of them, and some, such as this woman, went so far as to speak publicly about them in the 1890s, especially in an era that men would, would not have batted an eye before throwing you in a loony bin. Ah, the Victorian era. That sweet, common sense, safe time in history. Hang in there, guys. We are rounding that last corner. So now we enter the last century. The year is 1953. An episode on the radio drama show The Hall of Fantasy airs called The Shadow People. Though this was a completely fictional, dramatized show meant only for entertainment purposes, it is clear that the modern-day ideas and image of Shadow People was already starting to form even at this time. By the way, if you are so inclined or just want to feel equally nostalgic and creeped out, go type in Hall of Fantasy, The Shadow People, into YouTube. Pop your earbuds in and have yourself a little listen. Even if you laugh at people who once listened to their shows rather than watched, I think you'll enjoy it if you love this subject at all. In 1969, Margaret St. Clair authored a science fiction novel titled The Shadow People, Though the shadow people referred to in the title were elves high on hallucinogenics living inside of walls and does not actually lend itself at all to our pursuit of information about the currently accepted idea of shadow figures, it's important to note the descriptive term was still alive and well and being used in the public arena. In the 1970s, Ed and Lorraine Warren would investigate the Perrin family home haunting in Rhode Island. They were originally called in to investigate after Carl and Keith Johnson had gone to investigate the home several times already, witnessing numerous paranormal activities, one of which was an amorphous, black, smoky thing that had no explanation for it. What's interesting and cool about this is that this haunting happened in the 70s, and it was news at the time, and then had a total rebirth in the mainstream with the movie The Conjuring in 2013. Little trivia for you. In 1985, an episode of Twilight Zone aired called The Shadow Man and features an entity looking suspiciously like the Hat Man. Numerous books on this topic were written by numerous authors in the decades leading up to the present. Heidi Hollis was writing and talking about them in the mid-90s. Many films have been created revolving around the topic, such as the horror movie titled Shadow People, but also some awesome and 
not-so-awesome documentaries and TV shows, most of them titled Shadow People or some variation of that, so I won't list them out here. Just go type it into Amazon and you'll see what I mean. And now it's such a buzzword these days, it seems everyone and their mama has a WordPress or a website or has written an article about their personal experiences with the shadow folk, even to this very day. <sighs> I did it, you guys. I got us to the present. So, that is a brief history and lore of shadow people. I hope you enjoyed any part of it. Is it complete? No. But is it sufficient? Probably also no. But... We have so much more ground to cover, so alas, we must move on. Hey, you ever wondered what it might be like to actually have a visit with a shadow figure? Really? Funny you should want that because it just so happens next time we are talking about first-hand accounts and what happens during a visit with a shadow person. Wow, I'm good at this. I know what the people want. It's a gift. If you have any questions, suggestions, and the like, hit me up on the Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. The handle for those is at ParanormGirlPod, or shoot me an email at ParanormGirlPod at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. Let me know you're out there. I'm currently in the market for some awesome first-hand accounts and true stories of your own paranormal experiences. Shadow person or nah, hat man or meh, whatever you guys want, shoot them on over. I'll read your story right here at the beginning of an upcoming episode in the What's Spooky With You segment of the show. You will be my opening act. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for today. It is now time for my final note. We now know that history is packed full of interesting, creepy, colorful descriptions that lends to this idea, this belief in these shadowy entities. Since the dawn of recorded time, since the very cradle of civilization, these otherworldly beings very well could have existed, side by side with mankind. Is it just a legend? Or is it real? Are they friends? Evil foes? Or just a waking nightmare, elusive and terrifying, born only out of our own psyche? All we have are the stories. And I think the only thing we can be certain about at this time is that the stories will continue to be told. People will continue to experience something that we can't fully put a name to. Suffice it to say, history will repeat itself. We don't know what they are yet. So until we do, stay safe, keep that nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open. <laughs>